Welcome to the Ride Like a Mother podcast. You have your hosts here, Shelby and Carolyn, and I'm so excited about this week's interview. We have a very talented lady that is a self-employed barrel horse trainer. She is an MRCA and CCA champion for those of you down the States. That is um, the Canadian amateur rodeo between Manitoba and Alberta. She is a two-time CFR qualifier and average winner Paturity Derby winner in the U.S. and in Canada, and she is also the top 20 Equisat Paturity rider. So lots on her resume. She goes by the name of Rusty Woodward, and we have her here to talk about bloodlines, which I'm so excited about. It is such a huge <laughs> part of the game of understanding everything from confirmation, what kind of horse will work best for you as a rider, and what kind of crosses work best together when you're breeding a stud and a mare. So first and foremost, thank you so much, Rusty, for joining us here today. And tell us a little bit about you and your journey into horses. We'd love to know. <laughs> Hi, this is Shelby. And Carolyn. We are two Canadian prairie ladies, raising babies, riding horses, and living the country life. We are on a journey to find health and wealth while building our ranches, and we want to share the journey with you. In this podcast, you can expect to hear us share our own experiences, as well as interview other inspiring humans. We'll cover topics such as human health, horse health, barrel racing, building a ranch, and so much more. We are ready to dig into the tough conversations like mental health, motherhood, farming challenges, finances, you name it. You will walk away from this podcast with tips, tricks, and strategies that will have you finding more joy and peace in your journey. We know there's a lot of juggling that goes into this lifestyle because we are living it. And as a nurse myself and Carolyn with a master's in animal science, we have a lot to bring to the conversation. So grab your coffee to go, throw on your messy bun and muck boots. Let's head to the barn and chat because we have business to take care of and we're sure you do too. Welcome to the Ride Like a Mother podcast. Well, uh, thank you for having me. Um, well, my journey into, I, I have just always been in horses, like grew up on a horse. Mom and dad were stock contractors, so we... We a rodeo was the only thing that we did. We just went all summer. Um, that was all. That was all we did. So my mom had me barrel racing very, very young. Um, yeah, and you just well when you're when that's all there is, that's what you learn to love, right? And uh, horses have so been okay. a huge. Well, they've been basically my everything. My whole world revolves around the horses was on a started on a pony and then very fortunate to have the parents that I had because um they they put me on horses that uh they were winners but yet they were not easy so mm -hmm. it, you learned a lot right off the get-go from from the horses that I had to ride at a very early age yeah, like it just kind of evolved from that. Um, and so, like I said, very fortunate to have the parents that I had to put me on those type of horses. Yeah, it's been a long, well, 40 some years of learning, uh, disappointment, yet winning. Uh, it's been a whole learning curve of everything mixed into one. And, and a person is never, ever going to be done learning, but there there's been like 
a lot. I there's been a lot, and I'm so grateful <laughs> for all of it. All of it. There's been a lot of good. It's kind of like the good, the bad, and the ugly all mixed into one. But you learn something from everything, right? So yeah, absolutely. Yeah, it's kind of it's it's just been yeah, it's been great. It's been amazing, actually. I feel like as soon as you said that your parents put you on a pony, they knew that you were going to learn some new learning curve. <laughs> yeah, for sure. Yes, yes. Ponies, ponies are, you learn something from every pony, that's for sure. Yeah, yeah. yeah. yeah you got to get tough fast or uh, yes. you won't get Yes, exactly, exactly. So. so tell us about your horses. Like what's in your herd? What are your genetics like? Give us a um, overview. Well, I, I grew up on <laughs> my first big horse was a, um, just to give you a little bit of a background of what I had to ride when I was younger, because it, it kind of <laughs> carries on into my part. Now, the first big horse I had after my pony was a, was a dry dock 17 bred horse. And this horse was broke to death. He was kind of a reject out of the cutting pen but um broke broke but this horse would buck me off like i mean twice a year like bad and and would he would intentionally do it on the gravel so i'd have, have a little gravel rash after i got up just uh, maybe to just so i didn't forget but that horse that horse was amazing because that horse went out and and he won at bell races and then so I, I got my first taste of winning on that horse and then I moved up onto horses that uh we we rode a lot off the track and uh we got a own son of Beduino and he Ooh. this horse yeah he, he was the <laughs> most the most stunning gray horse ever like he was absolutely beautiful but this horse he, he, now he was not broke. Um, he, my mom and dad put a bunch of riding on him, but as far as fancy broke, he wasn't, um, go straight ahead, really friggin' fast. So <laughs> didn't have a lot of turn. There was not a lot of natural turn there at all. Um, so I, I, um, anyways, in, in my, my, um, my, my stuff that I ride today, I, I don't have a lot of cow bred horses. I have a lot of running bred horses. Um, I fell in love with the Beduinos. I still have some Beduino blood in my broodmares today. The two horses that I went to the CFR on were Beduino bred. Um, but in saying that, the Beduinos are not for everyone. So mm -hmm. I, I, I have a little bit of that in my bloodline, but I don't have a ton of that in my bloodline just because not everyone's going to get along with them. Mm -hmm. So, um, it, that, that's, kind of, I, I, I really like the old style, old school genetics, um, because those horses now we, I've had this conversation with a lot of different people mm -hmm. and, uh, those horses 20 years ago were, a lot different now I don't want to say a different breed but they were bred a little tougher than mm -hmm. the ones that we ride today now I'm not saying that the ones that we ride today aren't as equally talented or even more talented than what than what we ride, rode uh, 20 years ago 
but they they those ones back then 20 years ago i feel like they were they were a little more mentally tough and definitely more physically tough mm-hmm. um so i i like to keep a little bit of that old style breeding in just mixed in there a little bit because i i feel like I feel like the new genetics needs a little bit of that old school stuff in there. Well, even what we were, what we were talking about before we got on here about how uh, here in Canada, across Canada, we got to ride in minus 40. We got to like, there's some tough stuff we got to ride through. Not to say that anybody else doesn't have tough stuff to ride through, but you you have to have a tough horse. If you're going to keep riding in minus 20 weather or whatever it is. Right. So well, it's not even the, yeah, yes, the environment totally like, uh, the, yeah, they got to be tough to, to live, to basically live up here, yeah. but then <laughs> they've also like our ground conditions up here are not, it, mm-hmm. it's hard. It's harder ground. It's, uh, they got to learn to physically stand up on it. It's not something that they're naturally born with. They got to learn how to run on that a really hard, harder ground. And, and I feel it's, it's a lot. um, They're going to slip. They're maybe going to fall. And they got to, they got to mentally pick themselves up and, and run at the next one. And they got to physically be able to pick themselves up and run at the next one. So there's a bunch of different variables Um, and each place, Mm -hmm. each, I mean, it doesn't matter whether it's in Texas or up here or whatever, each place has their own struggles um, with ground and environment and all that stuff. But I, I just find up here that those horses that like, they just, they got to have that little bit of toughness in them. So you talk about the toughness. So based on a horse, right? Like you look at a thoroughbred and a quarter horse, or even a running bred compared to a cow bred, they're all different, but what kind of confirmation do you look for that attract to you most when it comes to the bloodlines? So based well, just solely on appearance. On appearance. Yeah. I, well, I, I have seen, and this is part of what I think I'm thankful for of me growing up and just being in this for so long, I've got mm-hmm. to see a little bit of everything. Um, and, and I've been lucky enough to be around some NFR girls and, and, and been around their horses. And, and I've, I've seen horses with crooked legs make the NFR. I've seen horses with that have been over at the knees. I've seen long backed. I've seen short backed. I've seen, you know, um, I, I've seen everything, you know, and sometimes you just look at one and you're like, how does that even, that is nothing that I, you know, I would never pick that one out of a pen and that sucker will come out and outrun you by half a second. You know what I mean? So it's really cool to see, um, to see all different, all different builds be great. Mm -hmm. Now, if I was going to pick one, you know, if I walked into a pen of horses and never rode any of them before, like I I like a little shorter back on one. Mm -hmm. Um, I like a big Gaskin muscle on one, a little bit longer neck. Now saying that, the mare that I won the most on last summer is about a half a mile long and she's 16 <laughs> one hands and she, you know, <laughs> like, um, but, but I do like the shorter ones, the, the shorter ones, I feel like 
Now, on average, they can stay underneath themselves. They're a little (laughs) more coupled up um, just so that they can they can stand up on that on that harder type ground, which will help them in the long run, hopefully stay sounder longer. Mm-hmm. So, oh, absolutely. <clears throat> so do you lean, okay. When you're looking in your barrel pen, you want to pick out a horse. Do you lean more on lead lines confirmation or like, what do you, do you just get a vibe? <laughs> um, yeah, I kind of get a vibe. Like, of course, when you look at a horse's papers and they got, dash to fame or epic leader, you know, all the big names on their papers. Of course, you're going to be drawn to that because those are Mm. the horses that have, they have been successful and it's been proven over and over and over again that those type of horses work. Now saying that, um, I, I like a horse that just wants to go around the barrels. And it, it, that horse might not have an ounce of nothing on its papers, but if that horse really wants to go around the barrels, that horse will probably win. Mm-hmm. Um, it, I'm, I'm big on uh, horses that, that like, and it's hard to tell when you first start them, you know, you, you don't know, but those, like, you can kind of get a feel for one that they, they just, they pick it up fast. They're happy mm-hmm. to go around them. It's very easy for them. I like a, a horse has got to be an easy mover for me to really, really like that horse. If they can move really soft on the ground and are quick footed, uh, I really like those type of horses. But, but uh, again, it goes back to, you know, I've had some dash to fames to ride and I've had some very well-bred horses to ride and not all of them want to be barrel horses. I mean, so their brain, their mindset is a big thing for me. They have to, they really have to want to go around. Um, There was a horse that I got to ride last year to Futurity for a girl, super nice horse, like nicest little mare, just absolutely wanted to go around them. Um, She didn't win a ton in, in her Futurity year. She won some, but she didn't win a ton but she just, she just wanted to be so correct and so perfect all the time. And now the mare's one year older and now she's winning. So mm. it's just, um, I, I'm really big on, on mindset because a, a lot of horses are like people, you know, there's, there's horses that, well, there's people out there that really want to be winners and, and they get to the point where they are winners. And then there's people out there that are good with, being seventh, eighth, and ninth, and and that's totally fine. But it's just like the horses. There's there's winners out there that have winning mindsets on horses, and then there's ones out there that they're okay with just being placers. And the mm-hmm. the world needs both. The world needs both. But I I like the winners. I, I like to ride <laughs> the winners. <laughs> I believe that way too. <laughs> I just haven't quite made mine yet or found mine yet (laughs) but you have so that's awesome had a few can you tell us about some oh sorry we go ahead no go go ahead carolyn i was just like could you tell us about a couple of the horses you're riding right now uh yep um 
a few of the horses I'm riding right now, uh, Randy Delarue actually has bought um, two mares that, I, that I've been running and that they're, I had the opportunity to ride them. I, I rode the one, I think I rode them both when they were five. Anyways, the one I trained and fraternityed for um, Don Gertner, um, I had her and hauled her as a five-year-old and um, anyways, Don got her back after a fraternity year and and Don ended up selling her and and Randy bought her back a year ago. Um, and then this past December, Randy bought um, a daughter of Stoli uh, off of Don. And I had rode the mare. Another lady had started her as a five-year-old, maybe four, maybe, maybe she was five. I can't remember. Anyways, and then I had her for about three months, her five-year-old year. And Jack potted her. So I kind of knew the mayor. Um, Randy just bought her in December. So I've been running those two. Um, I just bought a, a daughter of Blazing Jetalina late last fall that I actually fraternityed for Dawn. Um, and then Dawn got her back after a fraternity year. And then I just bought her late last fall. And then my mom has a really nice five-year-old uh blue is rare daughter um she's taken a little longer but she she's gonna end up being a rodeo horse she's a tough little nut um and and so i i have those four right now um that are going running they're going to rodeos um not really nice set of mares really really nice set of mares and then we've been flushing them um the, the big sorrel mare, Randy, she has three colts coming in the spring. Hopefully, oh, not cool. on the Yeah, they've, they've all, they've checked with heartbeats. So hopefully, oh. we'll get three out of her in the spring. One is a Shawnee Buglio, one is a MP Sugar Ray, and then one is a HP Dash to Fiesta. Um, and that, that mare has won pro rodeos. Like she, and she's won slot races. And she, she's a very, very nice mare. And then um, the the Blazing Jetalina and the Stoli daughter, we're going to flush them either late this fall and freeze it or else first thing in the spring, we're going to flush them. And then mom's little mare, we're going to just wait and flush her later on. But so they're all kind of going back into the breeding program. Cool. So, Very yeah. cool. <clears throat> Those are exciting bloodlines. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah well, we'll see. it's all a, it's all everyone likes to think they know what cross is good on what but until mm -hmm. they're like five years old and you're running them it's all uh you know it's just a guessing game yeah absolutely well, it's cool that you get to try it three times with the same mare in the same year right like not yes. very many people get to do that and see see yeah, what happens she, right? she <laughs> has been amazing like I mean she yeah she's just been an amazing mare like and, <laughs> and to be running like we've been running uh, running her and flushing her at the same time and it doesn't doesn't bother or change her at all like she's just been wow. super good yeah oh that's so that cool that's very cool so I have one last question for you, Rusty. It's kind of out of the blue here, but as we're talking about it, I know you breed your own mares and, and everything, but if you're going out to buy a horse, say for a fraternity, do you prefer to buy them as like right off the mare weanling and look at confirmation or do you prefer to buy like a two, three-year-old that's already started? 
Um, if I was going out to buy one, I would, I would probably buy one that has already been started. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, just because, well, a couple things, weanlings, they, they change a lot, but it's yeah. really hard to pick a weanling yeah, and know what they're going to grow up like. Um, mm-hmm. <clears throat> you know, unless you've seen full, full siblings or whatever, but even full siblings yeah. can be totally different. Um, Absolutely. so, so weanlings are, are tough. Um, but at the same time, you know, when you buy them as weanlings, you get to do everything with them. Um, mm. I, and the only reason I say that, uh, that I would buy one that's already started is because it's so hard to find um, really good cult starters. So if you already <laughs> can find one that has a really nice start on them, I feel like you're ahead of the game. Um, okay. I don't, I... I haven't rode colts. Well, like started my own colts for I don't know, like probably fifteen years. And then uh, my little, my my younger stud, I I was very undecided who to send them to because I did I was I was worried about sending them out somewhere. Um, and That's I funny. so I just started them myself. But I I would rather not do that. Um, but uh, like, it's tough to find, it's tough to find a good cold starter. Like it's really, I I'm pretty fussy. So I, it's tough for me to find a good cold starter. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Yeah. You totally. put so much time and, time and effort into deciding the bloodlines and then, and then you really need to somebody that you trust with these horses. Yes. Yes. Yeah. And you can yeah. get so far right in the beginning. Like it's amazing how they progress like in the mm-hmm. first 60 days or whatever riding. I'm always amazed oh, anyway. 100%. And your first 30 <laughs> days is your most important. If you don't get the right first 30 days on that colt, I feel like you're 2 years behind before you even get started. So yeah. it's Absolutely. super important to to get the right the right start on those colts. Mhm. Absolutely. So, <clears throat> So do you have, do you have anything coming up that you're like looking forward to and where can listeners find you and seek you out? Like, how can we in touch with that? Where are we going to find you (laughs) (laughs) in the next while? Well, I, uh, I'm, I am excited. Like um, my 2022 has not been a good year. I, I was all excited about these mares to get going and, um, the first of March, I stepped off of one at a jackpot and blew my knee out. And Ugh. I uh, had surgery on my knee uh, the first of April. And then I I just kind of got my knee feeling good and started going again. And then I got bucked off at Bonneville and I, I fractured the T11 vertebrae in my back. Oh. So oh. I, haven't, oh. <laughs> I, feel, I feel like... I'm just feeling good again now. I, I, so I'm going to get back going. So I'm just excited about the rest of the year and hopefully my year lines out a little more and I can just get (laughs) rolling. Um, I have a slot race coming up actually this Saturday in Saskatoon, the rock and the prairies slot race. Um, I'll be there. And then I run in Strathmore at the rodeo on Monday. And so I have, yeah, I just, I just want to get going. I feel like, like sitting in the house is mm-hmm. no good for me. So <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm just excited to get, to get going with my mares again. So, um, mm-hmm. 
but I'm on Facebook. I'm on Instagram. I'm yeah, you, I'm pretty easy to find. So nice. Rusty Ray Woodard, right. On Instagram and Facebook, I think. Yeah. Woodward. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. So excellent. Yeah. <clears throat> yeah. I feel like maybe we should have asked you uh, about uh mindset. You probably could talk a lot about that too, considering how your <laughs> summer has gone. Yeah. Like- <laughs> uh, uh, mind- mindset is a, is a big, it's, it's very, it's very easy to get caught up in the negative. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Get caught up in the negative. And, uh, Oh, it's kind of, it's kind of like if you get knocked down seven times, you better get up eight. Right. Like, um, <laughs> So uh, I always tell people that are in a slump and we all go get in slumps, like whether, whether it's just life in general or you're with your horse or whatever, you know, I, there's a lot of people, we all, we all video our runs, which is great. I think everybody should video every run that you ever make um, because you can watch it and learn something from every run. But at the same time, a lot of people will, you know, go out there, maybe not have a stellar run and they'll sit there and they'll watch that video 10 times over. Mm -hmm. I always tell people, watch that one video, that bad run, watch it once, figure out what you need to do and then erase it off of your phone. Don't keep watching Mm it. Go back and watch Mm -hmm. the 10 good runs that you made before that bad bad run and just reinforce the good in your brain you need to reinforce the good if you keep reinforcing the good you know even if you're in a slump the good will show up again so you just really need to not hang up on the negative and I know that 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 sometimes is tough but uh but it's it's just something and and you learn that the more you go the more you go (laughs) you the more you learn to leave that bad run in wherever you work just leave it in that town don't drag it along with you because Mm -hmm. it doesn't it doesn't help your horse it doesn't help you it doesn't help nothing so but I mean like I said that's easier said than done and until you have a lot of experience in doing that it's tough to do but but I like, if you just keep reiterating the good, the good will keep showing up. <clears throat> That's fantastic oh. advice. I Absolutely. love it. Yeah. I love it. And <clears throat> you know what? We so appreciate you coming on here because we we've asked our listeners and they came up with your name so many mm-hmm. times you are um, like well loved in the barrel racing industry. And um, I know our listeners are really going to enjoy listening to your perspective on the genetics and the mindset. We even caught a little bit of that at the tail end here. That's awesome. So I just wanted to say thank you so much for coming on here. Absolutely. Yeah. I couldn't agree more. Thank you so much, Rusty. I well, definitely you will take your to the heart. <laughs> oh, yeah, me too. <laughs> Not only for our listeners, but for myself, I'm, I'm taking notes here. <laughs> <laughs> well, thank you for having me. For all of our listeners out there, you can follow us on Facebook and Instagram at Ride Like a Mother um, and send us a message. Send us who our next interview should be with because we love to hear your guys' advice. Look what just happened. We had an amazing interview um, and we can't wait to hear from you guys and we will see you guys at the next jackpot. See you at the next jackpot.